Welcome back to the Thermodat Podcast. I'm your host, Jaden Miller, and I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Tyler Woodward. How are we doing today, Jaden? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about and troubleshooting weight loss. Yes. So Jaden and I have both lost some weight at some points. Um, they've both been bigger than we are currently right now. And a lot of people struggle with weight loss and, you know, gaining too much weight. So we're just going to kind of go through our thought process and talk through and troubleshoot where we often see people have issues. I'd also like to maybe talk about the um, perpetual cut. The perpetual cut. Yeah. Yeah. And like a lot of people get stuck in that and are afraid to eat more or bulk and stuff like that. So I think that might be worth talking about as mm-hmm. well. So let's start with um, person A, Doug. And so Doug's just like an old person, wants to like skinny fat, wants to, you know, maybe put on a little bit of muscle, but wants to lose fat. Uh, what's your go-to advice for him? Um, so someone, is there like, how old is this person? 35. I would say, so they're, you know, for a man, they're probably right at their peak, you know? Um, so if they haven't lifted before and they don't have any prior lifting experience, I would definitely recommend, um, like a gain tain period uh, where they just eat at maintenance and work out putting on muscles going to result in less overall, Mm -hmm. um, fat being distributed in certain places. So, um, yeah, I would recommend just, I think, so the number one principle I think for weight loss and maintenance and gaining weight, actually not gaining weight, it's actually the opposite of what you want to do to gain weight, but is to increase your caloric intake as much as you possibly can. So that's going to, and it's not like, I guess it's not as much as you possibly can. Cause if you wanted to do that, you'd be running the entire day um, or something like that. Wait, increase how much you're eating or. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm saying increase how much you're eating, but obviously like you don't want to do it just through a ton of exercise. Mm-hmm. So weightlifting and putting on muscle is going to be one of the best ways to not only, it's one of the best forms of exercise, exercise, which burns a lot of calories. I'd also add walking into that. But more muscle mass is also going to slowly increase your metabolic rate and increase the amount of fat that you can burn to rest, mm-hmm. which is really important. So carbohydrates and protein, the two most met- metabolizable foods, meaning you're least likely to put them on as fat. Well, fat is the most likely. Um, so getting your even let's just not talk about exercise for a second, just like getting your metabolism, your BMR, like, which is your metabolism without exercise and neat when like little movements throughout the day, as high as you possibly can through eating nutritious foods, eating a lot of, you know, good sugars like fruit, um, eating enough protein and eating good quality saturated fat, the vitamins that are in that. Um, and just being at a maintenance phase for as long as you can and, and getting that calorie intake up, I think is going to be one of the best things you can do to, potentiate or set yourself up for a good weight loss period. I would even argue that, you know, going into like a lean bulk period where you're kind of like pushing the calories into Mm -hmm. like almost bulking range is going to be beneficial because like, uh, say you're at 2,700, then after a couple months you're maintaining or losing weight at 2,700, then you can bump it up to 2,900. And the next thing you know, you're at 3,500 calories Mm -hmm. maintaining your weight. Um, Something like that is going to be very beneficial and it's going to set the stage up for a very easy cut later on too, because, um, you know, if you're maintaining your weight at 3,500 calories, you can still eat 3000 calories a day and lose weight. That's awesome. It's just going to be so much more sustainable for the long run. I mean, honestly, yeah. I mean, that's just a great point as well. Like if let's say you lose 20 pounds 
at 3000 calories. So your maintenance 3,500, then you can, your maintenance might now be like 3,200, 3,300 compared to if you hadn't done that lean bulk period, you started at, let's say your maintenance was 29. Now you're down to 2,200, 2,300 and your maintenance is at 26, which isn't, isn't terrible, but you know, 35, 33 versus 26 is almost 800 calories. It's a whole meal. And like, this is also specifically advice for someone who's in the skinny fat period. Mm -hmm. Like if you're 25% body, body weight, or I mean, 25% body fat as a male, um, then you probably need to start cutting before, uh, just because you're probably a little bit on the overweight side. So Mm -hmm. cutting down that weight to where you get to a skinny fat position and then bulking back up might be the best way to do it. Or you know, you might have muscle under there that mm. you don't know about that you could be For revealing. Sure. Well, I think so. You're the more the higher body fat percentage, more muscle you can hold. So even if you don't have a ton of muscle mass at that point, you have a great opportunity to put on muscle mass because basically, I mean, the, that's why all strong men are fat, right? Not that they're like, they're obviously have way more muscle than I'll ever hold, but they can hold that much muscle because they have a lot more fat. They, they're just bigger as a whole. So you are in a great opportunity to put on muscle as you lose weight. But I also think, I mean, think for anyone, men, female, fat, not fat, doing a maintenance period where even it's just like finding your calorie maintenance mm-hmm. um, and trying to increase it gradually is I think one of the best things that you can do, mm-hmm. especially like slowly switching out that saturated fat stores for PUFAs as well. You've lean bulked up or you've maintained for a while, you've built some muscle and now you're ready to lose weight. You've been losing weight for a while and you've plateaued, you're stuck. What do we do? I mean, the most straightforward thing would be to eat less, um, but that's gonna be a big stress on your body. So it wouldn't be the first step I would do. Um, well, A, the first thing I might do, let, all right, let's just troubleshoot it, but I might go back to a maintenance phase after a mm-hmm. while. And I think that's a recomp phase where you like basically let your body, body breathe, mm-hmm. maybe increase your meta- metabolic rate for a couple of weeks, replenish your glycogen stores and then you can go back into calorie deficit maybe increase it a little bit maybe go back to what you were Mm -hmm. but um even doing like that lean bulk again something like that or a maintenance phase but let's just say you know yeah i think they also call those like diet breaks Mm. like intermittent diet breaks yeah so you're say you're eating 2,000 calories as a deficit for six weeks take one to two weeks to go back up to maintenance at say 2,500 and then go back down to 2000 after the break. And, um, that usually leads to a little bit of a Mm -hmm. kind of gets you past the plateau. I think another thing that you can do, and we've talked about this a lot, and this also goes into burning as many calories as you possibly can is post meal walks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I saw an interesting study. I actually didn't read the study, but I heard someone talking about a study that they found out in the study that an hour of walking, wasn't continually, wasn't as good for insulin or as effective for increasing insulin sensitivity and in blood glucose management as three 15 minute walks hmm. after the meal. So I think basically, I mean, not only does it help improve digestion, as long as you're not, you're not stuffed to the gourd. Um, it helps to just get movement in. It helps your cells just burn a little bit of energy that is going to make you much less likely to store things as fat. Mm-hmm. And a lot less basically it helps to like, you know, get the janitor, sleep everything through, make it sure everything's flowing. Just some sort of physical movement practice is going to be very beneficial. That's going to not only increase how many calories you're burning, but it's also going, well, it's, it's burning the candles on both sides because you're exercising, getting some more movement, burning some more calories. 
but it's also making the calories you're eating more effective, I guess, mm-hmm. for weight loss. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I would also recommend troubleshooting like your sleep, like um, make sure your sleep's on point. Make sure that your digestion is on point. You're going to the bathroom on a frequent basis. Mm-hmm. If you haven't gone to the bathroom in three days, like no wonder you're not losing weight. You got three pounds of poop inside of you, you know? 20 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> Some people. Some people. Definitely. Um, so yeah, I would definitely troubleshoot the things that directly affect weight loss, but still like indirectly have a, um, effect on it. Mm-hmm. And then also just your neat, like your non exercise energy expenditure throughout the day. Um, standing desk is a great way to do that, especially if you have a sedentary job, like a computer job, like we do. Um, standing throughout the day is great. A walking desk is great if you have that option. Mm-hmm. Also, like uh, something to fidget with, like a lacrosse ball or something. If you're standing up, just kind of like rolling your feet out mm-hmm. and stuff like that can help. Um, you know, you're only burning like maybe an extra 15 calories throughout the whole day, but it's 15 calories that you wouldn't have burned before. So uh, that can definitely add up, you know, over the course of a week. That's what? 15 times seven. 75 ish. Yeah. Somewhere around there. 75 plus another, uh, like 105, somewhere around yeah, there. It's going to be 90, 105. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It took me way too long to do that math. Yeah. Been a yeah, long no, time. it took me a while too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, 105, I mean, that's, I mean, they say 3,500 calories is a pound. So it's 135, 135th of a pound of fat for doing nothing pretty much. You know, it's, it's a small, and even if it's just like, I don't know. I mean, if you can do an extra 100 calories of activity in some way a day, you know, then it's a pudding cup at the end of the night that is now calorie free pretty much, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so for people that are struggling with digestion when they're losing weight, what do you recommend? Um, Zupu. Zupu. <laughs> That's a temporary fix, not a, uh, um, permanent fix, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if you need a quick fix, mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend Zupu. That might just be like a little push that you need to get back on a regular cadence. Look at the foods that you're eating too. You may need to switch something up as far as like what you're eating. Um, I think a big mistake people make when, and you see this a lot is like filling up on fibrous foods, which is like, it literally fills you up cause it's like very hard to break down and takes a lot of space. It feels like you're filling up, but you're still hungry because you're not eating a lot of calories and that just you, a, you don't have, you're not getting the energy to digest the food, but then you're also just taxing your digestive system with all of these hard to eat foods that end up just being fermented in your colon if they end up being fermented at all. Mm-hmm. So don't, I mean, even though it's tempting and I mean, it, I mean, it can be effective, like filling up on a ton of water, chewing gum people. Um, but also like if you're at the state where you need to be doing these things to like stick to your diet, maybe you're not in a phase where you should be dieting or, you know, like you're doing it for a very specific purpose. Like you're about to go on stage and Mm -hmm. you know, there, there's a lot of hacks that I would recommend for someone going on stage that I would not recommend to the everyday person because like, that's a very specific scenario that does not affect a very large population of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, we're going for sustainable weight loss, which Mm -hmm. is such a, like the difference in intent and outcome of you know, bodybuilders are the stage lean for the stage day, mm-hmm. more or less. I mean, they're going through a miserable process. They're tanking their hormones. Um, I do not recommend getting bodybuilding lean for anyone, um, especially for women. They, it's like having that, I mean, unless you're genetically gifted, being at that six pack body fat percentage that you need to, to hop on the stage. Um, 
I think it's, it's probably dangerous, mm-hmm. um, very unhealthy. And I think you, a lot of people end up paying for it for a long time after mm-hmm. it, and men too. It's not just women, but men tend to be able to hold it a little bit better because they have higher testosterone relative to estrogen, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think, um, from my experience, like whenever it comes to men, I think it's beneficial for them to get there at least once in their life, just so they know what it feels like. Six pack lean. Yeah. But that's not stage lean. Right. I'm talking like sub 10, but yeah. above five. I think you can maintain probably eight to 12, depending on who you are. I think it's just beneficial to get there. So you realize how underwhelming it is <laughs> whenever you do actually get there. Yeah. Cause like really the only person that cares about it is the one that's looking back at you in the mirror. Other yeah. than that, nobody really cares at all. And it is funny how you cut like people do this all year round. I mean, including myself, I'm victim A here, but you cut for months, you bulk for months, you have those all, all process just to look like a normal human being with mm-hmm. your shirt on, <laughs> just, yeah. which uh, is the natty curse. You know, you probably, <coughs> oof. as a natural lifter, you're never going to look huge with a shirt on, then huge with your shirt off, but it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Now we're at a point where we've gotten the weight off and we want to keep it off. What do we do in order to do that? So I think it's a lot of similar strategies, um, weightlifting, um, you could look into like, I think this is where, so the biggest thing when you're coming off of weight loss is you are more prone to micronutrient deficiencies mm-hmm. because you're just eating less. So let's say you like the odds of you hitting all your micronutrients is just lower. You could do it. So doesn't mean it's not a hard and fast rule, but the odds of just cause you're eating less, you're likely to get less nutrients. Mm-hmm. So the step one is maybe figure that out by doing a test, but eating a nutrient rich diet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I would also say, uh, this was a point I was going to touch on earlier is like, um, don't be afraid to add calories back in. I feel like so many people get caught in the constant cycle of like, Oh, I've cut and mm-hmm. I don't want to get fat again. So I'm not going to eat anymore. And I'm just going to continue to eat 2000 calories a day for the rest of my life. That is a terrible cycle to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's going to lead to a lot of the, a lot of problems in the long run, both psychologically and physically. So don't be afraid to add calories back in, take it slow. I wouldn't add in a whole bunch of calories immediately, but you know, add in another, I I kind of like the reverse diet method. If I'm going, if I've been in the long cut, (coughs) so that would be like, you know, say that you're on 2000 calories, add in 200 calories for seven days, then add in like another hundred calories the next week for seven days and just slowly incrementally do that back up until, um, you know, you start gaining a couple pounds. And then like, once you kind of know where that line is, you can dial it back just a little bit to Mm -hmm. get your maintenance. I like, uh, kind of like a feedback approach like that versus like the mathematical approach of like, Oh, just bump your calories back up to body weight times 15. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really good for somebody who doesn't have, isn't very well, isn't that in tune with their body, I guess. Um, but I would definitely recommend doing something like that. Mm-hmm. So you have a better feel for like how much you can eat without having to count the calories super closely. Um, so over time you can move away from counting and stuff like that. I got two points. Uh, I think the, the numerical method is more tuned for like people like bodybuilders, like, cause they should just try and get back to maintenance as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. I don't think they need to revert unless they have to stay lean for the next show. Mm -hmm. Like you should probably just want to get as much calories in as possible versus the person that's been fat, doesn't want to put fat back on, wants to take a slow and 
process and get the calories back up slowly. The other thing I was going to say, uh, oh, so in terms of like counting calories, so I think it's really easy when you're in a fat loss phase. And I mean, it is really easy to just eat the same things over and over and over again, which makes it like, you know, exactly kind of how much like you can eat of things. So uh, slowly expanding your palate again, if you were someone that did that into foods that are like, um, might be more caloric, might be less caloric, but just kind of getting in a ball game. Mm-hmm. And I also think we could touch upon like, so certain things that I've been paying attention to eating, like really, I mean, I ate a pound of cod yesterday last night, mm-hmm. which is like, I didn't mean to get that much, but it was just, they had, it was on sale and they had a package and I was like, I'm not going to reheat this, but it was only, it's only like 400 calories. Mm-hmm. Like, you know how much food that was? And I, I made some whole wheat pasta, like the whole meal is probably like 12, 1300 calories. And that's so filling. Hmm. Um, what kind of sauce did you put on that? Uh, I just butter garlic sauce. I can actually send you the recipe. It's fire. Okay. Um, it, I've made, I've made cod a couple times and my mom sent me a recipe and this one is, mm, and you just put it on pasta too. Oof. Yeah. I might do that with some shrimp. That sounds good. I've been, I have a shrimp recipe too. Yeah. And so like you can eat a pound of shrimp and it's 300 calories and it's pretty much all protein and nutrients. So it's like, um, beef, I think grass fed ground beef, especially the lower fat content is good, but like you're eating a lot less. It just seems like, you know, it, it seems like you're eating less for more, like mm-hmm. less food and more calories versus like shrimp and fish are just so not dense in calories. Can't figure out that word. And they just feel really filling and it's enjoyable to mix it up as well. Mm-hmm. Same thing with liver. You need a pound of liver. It's like 400, 500 calories for maintenance. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to completely get rid of a lot of the habits that you've developed during the weight loss period because mm-hmm. a lot of those habits are going to keep the weight off for you as well. Um, so a lot of people, the way that they yo-yo diet is that they do something that is unsustainable for a short period of time, get the weight off that they want, and then they go back to their old habits that they had and rebound back up usually higher than whenever they started in the first place. Um, so as you're doing this, build sustainable habits that you're going to be able to use throughout the rest of your life, not just, um, whenever you're in a weight loss phase, because there's nothing worse than achieving a goal and then getting back to a worse spot than whenever Mm -hmm. you started. Yeah. And I also think that people in, the like lean bulk phase where it's like you're what, a skinny fat. I would probably recommend, I mean, doing either the maintenance phase or the lean bulk as Jaden said, like, 90% of the time, like you were going to, you think you're going to end up like ripped and like skinny and or ripped and like look good, but like you're just going to end up really skinny. Like, this happened to me for like multiple times. It happened to me too. Yeah. Yeah. You just end up like, Oh, I need to get a six pack. Like, and I think it's probably the worst advice possible. Like someone you're getting into lifting, like bulk first, put on some muscle. You're in a better state to do it. Cause you have a higher body fat percentage, increase your metabolic rate, Hit, um, do it gradually over time, put on some real muscle mass. And then you can, you know, if, even if you gain 10 pounds and then you lose that same 10 pounds, you will go back to your original weight and look way better mm-hmm. than you did. Then if you had lost 10 pounds, you're just going to look like a skinny dude with abs that no one, like no one cares if you're a skinny dude with abs. No, and I've been there, but it's like, and I was afraid to gain weight for a while. Thank God I eat some, uh, freshman 15 <laughs> thought I was big. It was just fat, but, <laughs> um, like I was just a skinny kid with a six pack and I was afraid to put on any weight. And, you know, I was lifting a ton, but you don't really put on much muscle if you're not eating enough. I completely agree. And like, you know, another tactic for those people who might be a little bit overweight is just like calculate what you're eating in a day 
and make sure it's actually the maintenance calories that you're supposed to be eating versus like a shit ton of calories. Like a lot of people mm-hmm. don't really realize that they're eating. Um, especially whenever it comes to look at the fat that they're, that you're using to cook your food. Um, look at the amount of calories that are in the drinks that you're drinking throughout the day. That gets a lot of people. A lot, I think a lot of people don't realize how many calories they get from drinks. I see that all the time. Do those calculations, see if you're actually eating at your maintenance. And then once you do, if you're someone who doesn't have experience in resistance training, eat main, eat at maintenance and just resistance train for a little while because you'll probably naturally lose weight just from doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if there's one thing you can take away from this episode, it's that resistance training will help you in every regard. Yeah, definitely. Res- I mean, resistance training is the best thing that you can do for your body in terms of exercise for sure. Yeah. Um, other than walking, like resistance training is, I think- um, Maybe sprints as well. Yeah. Sprints too. Um, I think Ben Greenfield said that resistance training is like one of the things that cuts through like all cause mortality more than just about anything. So I got a couple of things we can discuss. Um, so I think snacks and nutrient timing would be interested to dive into a little bit. Okay. So, um, all right. Again, and the thing that you were talking about this a little bit, um, what you find, and we talked about this a little bit, but what you find satiating. So, Liquid cal- So I've been doing orange juice in the morning just because I feel a lot better on it and I'm not eating a whole breakfast just because I'm trying to lose weight. And I don't really wake up like I'm, I do, I guess, sometimes wake up hungry, but like, I don't personally like, wake up like starving. So the orange juice kind of like gets me going so I can, you know, have some brain power and I'm not completely fasting, stressing in my body. But um, I would have probably avoid liquid calories generally. Um, I just find like smoothie and I think they're great for bulking, but for cutting, like I find a smoothie, I'm hungry in like an hour, mm-hmm. even if it's 500 calories. Mm-hmm. Same. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing smoothies in the morning for a while now, at least three months, if not longer. Um, I definitely find myself getting hungry a lot more quickly whenever I have smoothies in the morning versus like a solid meal. Mm-hmm. Um, you think it's just cause the time it takes to digest, like it's like pre-digesting in the smoothie. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one thing. It also could be the composition of the smoothie too. Like, you know, do you have any fat in it that's Mm -hmm. kind of helping to slow down digestion? So yeah, I think the composition of the smoothie could be too, but also kind of just being liquid, it's a lot easier to digest. But like foods that like are great, like white rice is just so low in calories. Um, Like you can do two cups of white rice. If you eat two cups of white rice, I would be impressed because that's just a lot of food potatoes too potatoes are extremely satiating and Mm -hmm. keep you full for a really long time um i think they were i think they're rated like the most satiating carbohydrate Mm. that there is um so yeah potatoes are another great hack i do technically like prefer sugars over starches for the fat loss effects just because starch is a pure glucose so like your liver is going to take half the in sugar your liver is going to take pretty much all the fructose and send it to your brain or store it Mm -hmm. um Well, that would be a a timing thing, right? Like Mm. you would probably eat a bunch of potatoes post-workout versus like eating a bunch of potatoes for breakfast or Mm -hmm. something like that. So I would say, yeah, that's a great point. So I think your two most insulin sensitive times, which is going to be when you can eat the most without, you know, while replenishing your muscles and body versus storing it, it's going to be in the morning and after a workout. Mm -hmm. So having your biggest, I think your biggest meal should probably be after a workout. Mm-hmm. which I think is if you do in the afternoon, they say like working out in the mid afternoon is the best. I think like two, one to two o'clock, then you can maybe you finish by three and have a early dinner around four or five, probably going to be your best time to have your most calories. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then I think morning is probably the second best. Is there like a certain amount of protein before and after working out and in the mornings that you try to hit? I think you want to get, I mean, they say like 30 grams is like, what do they call it? Like usable protein. Um, it's not that the other protein doesn't get used, but it doesn't really increase muscle protein synthesis after that point. I mean, I haven't really been tracking it. What you really don't want to do is you don't want to be getting collagen. Um, glycine can increase growth hormone, which isn't really the hormone we think it is. It doesn't really kind of, doesn't really help with growth as much as we think it does in terms of muscle mass. But you really want like a lot of the essential amino acids, like leucine especially, to trigger that muscle protein synthesis. So getting whole foods or casein is a great supplement if you're going to get that. In terms of pre-workout, I it's not a huge deal. I think you can, as long as you're getting some kind of amino acids in the bloodstream within a couple hours, um, even if it's breakfast, it's not a huge deal. But I, I think getting some some kind of like a snack or like we have those Z-collagen bars, the Umzi bars, those are pretty good. They have some collagen. They're probably not perfect because it's all collagen, but they keep me going throughout the workouts. And in terms of, uh, so sugar, a little bit less fattening than starches or less fattening technically. Less fattening, but also you run the risk of them being less satiating too. So it's give or mm -hmm. take right there. hundred percent. Um, which brings up like good snacks. So I think great, uh, carrots are pretty much like very low calories, very satiating in my opinion, even yeah. though I don't enjoy them. Good for digestion. That too. Apples. Um, I love apples. I always have. That's like a great snack for me. Like I think the fiber helps with the insulin sensitivity as well. And it keeps me satiated for a longer time than like a glass of orange juice will. Mm -hmm. Um, and then I think like some, some carbs and like the fruit bars we have, which are a little bit of carb, mostly carbs and a little bit of protein, um, trying to keep it like low fat relatively. And then if you are going to go fat, doing something with MCTs, so coconut oil and short train fats are going to be the least likely to be stored. Um, so those are gonna be the most metabolizable, if that's a word, but, um, those are the, the, where I would try to prioritize my calories from in terms of and protein, you pretty much can't turn into fat. Yeah. As far as like pre-workout, I definitely recommend getting like, um, some salt, mm. some good carbohydrates like orange juice. Um, cause that's going to result in a good pump. And then also like, um, the orange juice is going to have potassium, which is going to help with the pump. And then I'll supplement with a little bit of magnesium before mm. working out sometimes too. Um, and just having a supply of electrolytes right before a workout has been extremely beneficial for kind of like that mind muscle connection yeah. that they talk about a lot. Um, so I'd recommend doing that for anybody who's looking for like a pre-workout to mm -hmm. do. So milk with some sodium tablets, pretty much perfect pre-workout milk. I mean, you add some sodium calcium, I think is also going to help with pump and, you know, just facilitating muscle contraction, potassium and magnesium. Yeah. Orange juice just sounds so much better to me than milk <laughs> well, I'm, right I'm before working more, out. Oh, well, I'm not drinking it right before work. I'm just saying like a smoothie maybe. Oh yeah. But definitely, definitely would not drink uh, some whole milk for hitting the lift. Yeah. Honestly, like electrolytes are going to be extremely important anytime you're in a weight loss phase. Um, I would say, especially whenever you're in a weight loss phase, like keeping electrolytes high is going to be very important in order to kind of like um, sustain your metabolic rate mm -hmm. for longer amounts of time. Yeah. And if you do find yourself like bonking, like low energy, like getting some good carbs, getting some good sugars in there. Um, preferably, I think eating the fruit help is a lot more, will give you a longer burst than just drinking it just because of the nature of how digestible orange juice is. Anything else? No, that's all I got, honestly. Awesome. All right, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, until next time, guys, be good. Peace.